Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The best Rangers analysis with no punches pulled. This is From the Blue Seats, a New York Rangers podcast. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Vanessa. What's going on? Welcome to From the Blue Seats, a New York Rangers podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Finizzi. I hope you're having a fantastic day so far. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BlueSeats94 to interact with us and let us know your thoughts on the topics at hand. You can also stay up to date on the latest episodes and get the latest breaking news on your New York Rangers. Also, be sure you subscribe on all audio platforms and be sure to rate us five stars. It would mean the world to us. Without any further ado, let's drop the puck. Rangers fans, you are in for a very special treat. If you've been following the Hockey Podcast Network for quite some time, like I have before I joined the family, you probably know about my very special guest, who you can probably see in the title right here. But you already know, he is the host of the Broadway Boys, another fan-favorite Rangers podcast right here on the network. You can catch him and James every single week. I got Andy with me. Andy, what's going on, my man? How are you? I'm good, man. Jimmy, thank you so much for having me on. It's a long time uh, coming. And like you said, it's it's very rare for uh, to to just not only appear, but have another fan of the New York Rangers on our podcast, because obviously we have so many great podcasts here on the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're, it's always great to get each other's feedback, but to get that perspective from someone who's actually as close if not closer than than you know we are, it's it's invaluable. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here, and uh, yeah, nice to talk some hockey in the dead middle or towards the end, I guess, of summer. <laughs> hey, listen, man. First of all, the pleasure is all mine. I truly appreciate the kind words. Always nice to chat with fellow 
Ranger fans, even though me personally, I can't stand half the fan base, but that's beside the point. That's another rant for another day. I feel, I but, feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going there today. We're going to be nice. So today we're going to sort of get your thoughts on what happened last year with uh, the Rangers and their uh, playoff series against the Devils. And then we're going to recap what happened during this offseason with all the free agent signings, uh, who you think is going to be a big X factor, the whole deal. So we're just going to jump straight into the swing of things with last year. We all know how last year ended, unfortunately. Massive disappointment. Granted, it did go seven games, but the Devils got the better hand. And Andy, I got to be honest with you. I do another show called The Bottom Line, which if you haven't heard of, go subscribe on YouTube. Search for The Bottom Line. Jimmy, hashtag shameless plug. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I actually did a live stream on there with um, a member of the family here, uh, my good friend, Neil Villapiano, who hosts Devil State of Mind. And we, uh, we previewed that series specifically. And to the shock of many, I actually did pick the series to go seven, and I did pick the Devils only because I thought they had more talent than the Rangers did, at least all around. Because the strength of the Rangers, in my personal opinion, seems to be goaltending. Shesterkin played out of his mind, as usual. And my main argument is that the Rangers don't do enough to play around him. They don't do enough to block enough shots. They don't play that great defensively. For some reason, from what I've seen, they play better when a backup goaltender is involved, a la Yaroslav Halak, but I digress there. Now they got Jonathan Quick. We'll see how that goes. And we'll talk about the free agent signings in a little bit. But point being, was last year a disappointment? Again, yes, it was in my opinion, but you know what? The Devils are the better team, unfortunately. I know Ranger fans hate to hear it, but I'm just calling how I see it. It's the truth. If you can't face the truth, then turn off the podcast. But anyway, I just thought that the Rangers got outclassed. You know, they were up two games to none. They were dominant in New Jersey, mind you. Then they come back home, lose two straight at the Garden, including one game at overtime by Dougie Hamilton. That was in game three. Then you go back to New Jersey, lose that game. Devils are up 3-2, come back to the Garden, Win game six, force a game seven in New Jersey, and then we all know what happened in game seven. But I think the key factor for me for last year, Andy, is this. The Devils were just overall the better team. Once they switched out Vitek Vanacek for Akira Schmid, I think that's when a gear started to turn, and all of a sudden the Devils just started clicking because they started to score. They played much better around him. They could shoot. They can play great defense. The Devils are just overall a much better team. And for the Rangers, I just hate that they have to keep relying on one player, a la Igor Shesterkin. Actually, no, it wasn't just him that showed up. Chris Kreider also showed up. Nobody else did. Zabenejad disappeared. Panarin was awful. Lafi was nowhere to be found, and neither was Capo Caco. So if the big guys don't show up, you ain't going to win a damn thing in the playoffs. So that's my whole spiel of everything. I just want to get your thoughts on what happened last year and what you think was the uh, key thing for the Devils. Yeah, I mean, my feelings are not too far off from what you just said. Um, I think in a lot of ways, the Devils, obviously, the better team won. Although I think it, 
that I would also concede that I don't think that that was a winnable series for the New York Rangers, even though the oh, Devils was, maybe no technically a better team. Uh, but I think it's easy for us now to we point a lot of fingers now, and pretty soon you realize you have you know fingers going in every which way. I think the I mean obviously you then have to you know, follow, pick up the, uh, to untangle that thread and go all the way back to who does it start with? It starts with the coaching staff. Yep. It starts with a Rangers team that all season had trouble breaking pucks out of their back end. Unless Adam Fox was on the ice. Uh, yep. it, it comes from inconsistencies from the players. They are, were looking to take the next step in Hedel Lafreniere and Kako who, outside of game two, didn't seem to do much in that double series, despite having a pretty stellar play at coming out party, the, the playoffs before where the Rangers went to the Eastern conference final. Yep. And like you said, other than Chris Kreider, none of the Panarin didn't really show up. Zabajet didn't really show up. I mean, you got Patrick Kane was able to turn back time for game two and that was it. Tarasenko. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that's obviously the allure with a guy like that you get him and hope that he can do that once in a blue moon. But, you know, that was a move that was supposed to put this team over the top. But I think last year and in the playoffs getting ousted by the Devils, I think you really saw what the Rangers issues are. And you can ask, there's, we can ask why they're in this predicament, but at the end of the day, this is a team that unfortunately has tried to do two things at once. They've tried to develop their young players, hoping that they would, stand up as depth to support their superstars. Uh, but, you know, just too much wishing and not enough results. I mean, if the Rangers, let's say in an alternate reality, the Rangers have the big guns, they have Panarin, they have Zibanejad, they have Fox, you know, they have Kreider, they have uh, Vinny Trocek, but they don't have Kako and Lafreniere and Hedl, mm. who are, um, you know, I players I'm sure – certainly have not given up on, but at the same time you can say to yourself, well, what if at the deadline they somehow found the money to get more traditional role players who they felt could be, you know, I think um, you look at just for uh, the devils, just how effective their, their middle six was for them in that series. And for the Rangers outside of the first two games, outside of, you know, uh, Chris Kreider and timely tips, it's like, you know, the Rangers middle six didn't really do much of anything, you know, nothing from, the fourth line, nothing from Jimmy VC, nothing from, you know, obviously Panera was nowhere to be found. You know, they, they, I thought Tarasenko actually acquitted himself pretty well, but other than that, I mean, yeah, just like you said, as that series went on, it just, so, yep. uh, yeah, yep. a lot went wrong. So, yeah, uh, but that, that that's, yeah. that's quite the understatement. I, I do want to get your thoughts on the Vladimir Tarasenko signing with Ottawa a bit later. So thank you for bringing that up and reminding me of that. But no, listen, man, everything you've said is pretty much on point. I mean, if the Rangers want any sort of shot to win a cup for the first time in almost 30 years now, God forbid, something's got to give. And, you know, they made a change. Gerard Gallant gets fired. Peter Laviolette comes in, brings in a whole new coaching staff. So... What are your thoughts on uh, the Peter Laviolette hire, and do you think that he has a chance to turn around this Rangers team? I mean, at first I was 
was lukewarm on it. I was like, all right, you know, I think your national, uh, national, your natural uh, inclination as a fan is you want to find that that undiscovered, uh, you know, that next great coach. Uh, mm. you, you know, teams with give it like Carolina giving Rob Brindamore a chance, Tampa developing John Cooper from their minor, you know, their AHL team graduating to become a, you know, a, one of the most the best coaches in the net, if not the best coach in the national hockey league. Agreed. And so obviously I think there was that allure there. Obviously there was some talk about uh, some of the, you know, I mean, was Chris Knobloch going to get promoted from Hartford after having a pretty successful season for them? But I think as time went on, you realize, no, just based on what the wants of the owner and the team, and just honestly, at the end of the day, it, this is the last coach Chris Drury's probably going to get. And if it does not go well, then, then, I mean, then Chris maybe, Drew, then maybe Chris not so. Door. Exactly. So are you, who are you going to hitch your wagon to? Are you going to hitch to, you know, uh, the winningest coach, most winningest coach in, you know, North, excuse me, uh, American born coach in the history of the national hockey league who has a cup and has that effect where they bring them in. And usually in the first year, it gives his team a good boost, but yep. so I was lukewarm on it, but the, as time, as it has gone on, I've, I've said, you know what? I feel the one thing the Rangers have really lacked for gosh, uh, probably since J- before Tom Rennie, maybe, Although t- that wasn't very good too, is just wow. This I feel like the the Rangers have not had a system that has benefited them. That has not played to their strengths. I should say. I'd say right, usually right. it's been all these coaches coming in and saying, you know, you did this with the last guy. Well, throw out throw that book out the out the window. This is how we're going to do it now. Torrella, we're you know black and blue shirts. We're going to block shots. Uh, and maybe we have the world's best goaltender in net, so you're all going to block shots, and maybe we can get lucky and go the other way and score a goal. Mm. Okay, no offensive system. You bring in Alain Vigneault, and he says, "You know what, boys? I know you're tired of that. I'm taking the I'm taking the governor off. We're going to fly the zone every chance we get. Don't worry about leaving the world's best goaltender and his demon with no support because you're the fours are flying the zone. We're going to get out of here and you're scoring goals. And it, honestly." Oddly enough, the first year with uh, they go to the, to the Stanley Cup final and they have a nice mixture of like that defensive responsibility from Tortorella built in mixed with Elaine Vigneault's offense, offense, offense system, which is great. And then as the years go on, it's the defensive responsibility goes down and gets worse and worse. And it's just I think I don't have to remind you of how ugly it was towards the end of his tenure, giving up, you know, how many. How many, like, seven goal yeah, games? Yeah, I, 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 I just hate to relive 2014 in general, but that's I just I know, me. it was <laughs> – sorry, anyway, so I'm not I, – I promise you. Okay, so then Elaine Vino's out the door. They take a chance on David Quinn. Uh, his style is – you know, he's got a experience on the college level. He has some experience as a, as a assistant coach on – I think for what, for Colorado? He was on the bench for them or whatever, Columbus. doesn't matter. But – they bring him in and he's a more of a micromanager. He says he teaches habits. Well, it turns out his stars, it just pisses them off because they're like, who is this guy who has had, hasn't even spent much time. He never made it to the NHL. And he's telling me I can't stick handle on breakaways and all this other things. And also mm-hmm. supposedly his strength was developing young players. And other than loading Brett Howden with ice time, Stanley cup champion, Brett Howden uh, with ice time, you know, it's it, clearly he was, it just wasn't – he didn't have the trust of his veteran players or his young players, 
which brings us to then Gerard Gallant, fresh of fresh, fresh air. You got you boys just, this is what I want. You know, I write some things in, in the mark on the bulletin board yeah, about, you know, effort and heart, but systems wise, I cannot tell you what this team has done over the last decade, but now I know, sorry for being long-winded, but now with uh, Peter Laviolette coming in, Peter Laviolette coming in, you know what to expect. Left wing lock. His strength is is starting defense or starting plays from the back end and transitioning the puck. Start with your defenseman. Now the Rangers might not have all the ideal horses for that. They have Adam Fox, one of the best puck movers in the entire National Hockey League. So that's great. Hundred percent. Lindgren, who's his partner in crime, who who is perfectly suited for that. Yep. Uh, they have Keandre Miller, who is still trying to find his game. Uh, you have Jacob Truba, who, as time has gone on, has, and I will say through probably through little fault of his own, based on what he was signed to do, and then some of the eggs that fell into the Rangers' basket after signing him, has kind of become a redundant player just and that's not to talk about the physical element he brings in the captaincy i'm just talking strictly on ice uh and then you have a third pairing in braden schneider which has been you know a struggle for him it's been up and down he's had bright moments but he's still developing third pairing defensemen and a revolving cast of people next to him zach jones libor hayek uh uh jesus i'm forgetting all the the tall seventh defenseman the Rangers have played over the last three seasons. But uh, to my point, and, and that spot has been up for grabs for the last two or three seasons. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So obviously now you hope that with the signing of Augustafson, he's someone who Laviolette has familiarity with, and that can have a puck mover on that third pairing, which can maybe simplify the game a little bit less responsibility for uh, Braden Schneider on that end. You hope Keandre Miller takes that next step and that he, him and Truba, he really learned that I have to have the confidence to be the one doing these plays. I can't, you know what I mean? Because I would say neither of them are the best first passers in the NHL, but Keandre Miller can at at the very least is very good at skating pucks out of his own end. So that's something he's going to have to continue to develop. And then you have Adam Fox and Ron Lindgren. So it'll be interesting to see if this, it's something that at least seems a system that seems antithetical uh, antithetical to what the Rangers are, maybe they rise to the occasion, or maybe they don't, and it looks horrible. But uh, <laughs> I guess we'll go. We're going to find out in October, aren't we? God, God, I really hope this works. I really, really do. But yeah. no, listen, man. I was, I was actually a proponent more of Peter Laviolette than I was of John Hines because. I, I argued this in an earlier episode. What has John Hines done to make people say, oh, he's a good head coach? Yeah, he's been at the playoffs a couple of times. He went once with the New Jersey Devils. He took Nashville there. But his playoff success is horrible. Horrible. And do the players really like him that much? I don't think so. He's got a terrible system. It doesn't work. So I much, I much rather take my chances with a coach who has won the most games by an American-born head coach in NHL history, who's got a Stanley Cup, I'd rather take my chances with him, and plus, he has playoff success. So, everything you're saying is absolutely on point. I couldn't agree with you more. I just really hope that for the player's sake, his system works, because everything that's gone on so far with every other coach they've had 
has not worked. So I really hope that this does work. But that was this past season. Now let's move on to free agency. What happened this offseason? I personally like what happened. You know, you have all these one-year, two-year contracts for guys like Blake Wheeler, who's reunited with Jacob Trubel once again. You have Riley Nash, uh, Nick Bonino, Tyler Pitlick. I mean, me personally, I get that these players are in their early to mid-30s, but the reason why I like these contracts is because they're one-year deals, and they're not even that worth that much money. They're like close to $800,000 to about maybe $1.52 million at most. And look, look at Jonathan Quick's deal. He signed a one two-year contract worth $825,000. That's a low-risk, high-reward situation right there because Jonathan Quick has three Stanley Cups now. This Durkin can learn a thing or two from him. Yes, he's not the same Jonathan Quick as we're once as we're used to seeing, but even still, he has that championship pedigree, and Shesterkin can learn a thing or two. But the bottom line for me is this. I like the signings that Chris Drury made, but me personally, I think this is his last chance to try and build a team that's capable of winning a Stanley Cup because the window's closing fast here. So I guess my question to you is, what grade do you give the Rangers offseason here? I'm of two minds of the Rangers offseason. I think Chris Drury did a commendable job finding value assets, or at least assets that are overall could yield positive results based on the salary cap implications that that team has locked up in other contracts. They didn't have right. barely any money to play with. They somehow got a interesting piece in Blake Wheeler uh, and then a bunch of names to compete for spots in the fourth line, uh, the bottom six. So on that end, commendable. Uh, the only problem is the reason the Rangers are in that cap, uh, crunch is their own fault. They, they did yep. it to themselves. So it's like, it's like I did a really good job avoiding this field of bear traps uh, I set up when I dumped that box of bear traps all over the place. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, you, good job. You did it. Yeah. You, you did it to yourself. It's like, you know. But that being said, I think there is the potential for it to yield some good results for next season. Like you, the names you mentioned, although yes, the Rangers have suddenly found themselves aging up a little bit, but they're short contracts. They're not locked into anyone. You know, if, uh, I mean, there is a potential for you have a, take Jimmy VC and his return to the Rangers comes on a quick deal, immediately refines his game, redefines his game. I don't think yep. that really gets talked about enough. Uh, no, how no, Jimmy VC basically? No, the, the, that's a that's a brilliant point you just made because ever since VC's come back, he hasn't been like on fire per se, but he definitely has. He's starting to find his game again. Because think about it when when he went to New Jersey, he was okay. Like he wasn't really anything special. Then I forget where he went after New Jersey, but since he's come back. He, he, he's found his game again. I, I really like that he's back, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to see if he has a breakout year this year. But anyway, yeah, please continue. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, just for that example, Jimmy VC leaves the Rangers as a young, promising, uh, talented, albeit uh, flawed 
offensive yes. uh, winger, winger. It just doesn't work out. The Rangers are going a different direction. You know, I mean, he goes on to Toronto. Uh, there's that clip of him. I think it, when it was like this, the quest for the cup or whatever it was in where he gets pulled into to Sheldon Keefe's office or Mike Babcock, whoever was their coach at the time. And they basically right. say, your game is way too vanilla. I don't know what you do, what you're good at. And he was apparently pissed off about that. Doesn't work out. He goes to New Jersey. He kind of starts to remold his game as a defensive minded, like as a bottom six energy guy. And now by the time he gets to the Rangers, he's not a, like, he's not a, a talented offensive, but, you know, uh, limited two-way player. He's the, or the limited offensive winger. He's the opposite. He's like a, he's a very good defensive minded winger who, yeah, can maybe put the puck in the net if he's lucky for you, but he definitely right. flashes that he's with the Rangers this season. He had those flashes of his old offensive prowess. Cause I think what he was with step on, he scored like 19 goals or something. for the. Yes. Or, yes. You know, I mean, so, and then he did that as a rookie. So I, I think he's, you know, he's a big kid. He's a good skater. He's got good offensive instincts. He's obviously never going to, I don't think enough to be more than what he is in a bottom six defensively responsible winger, but right. that's exactly what we need. The If the Rangers had three of him right now, they'd be in a lot better spot. That's all I'm saying. Oh, so, 100% agree. 100%. Yeah. So through these signings, these Nick Beninos and your, your Tyler Pitlicks and these people that you create competition for that bottom six and you hope that one of them, if just one of them has a simple little renaissance, turns back the clock of, you know, whatever, five or so years, you say, okay. And I mean, as for Jonathan Quick, I mean, I think obviously Ranger fans are hoping he can, the way his career has gone recently, you know, even though he got traded to the eventual Stanley Cup champions, he didn't really have to do much. He just, you know, but. <laughs> right, uh, right. But listen, he's no, a no, New York granted born though, kid. Granted, though, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but granted, no, no worries, Jonathan Quick did start off pretty well when he was traded to Vegas. Then, of course, he gets hurt again. I, I, I've been hearing from a bunch of Ranger fans. I'm worried about his health. I completely understand that aspect. He gets hurt a lot, but that's why you sign him to a one-year contract. It's yeah. a low-risk signing, not a lot of money. He's not locked into anything outrageous. So, look, if, if he gets hurt and it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny. It's when you, when you think about it, who is the last Rangers backup goaltender? I'm talking about since, since Hank's tenure that you really felt you just couldn't trust. Like, yeah, there's maybe some up and down seasons, but it's amazing that the Rangers goaltending being their strength going on what since Hank's first year. Uh, yes. And ever since then, it's really hard to point to a season where you were just like, oh God, like they couldn't trust to put this person to, to give Hank a night off. It's, you know, and that's, that's strength of the Rangers. That's the strength of the ball there. The best one that I actually did an unsung heroes episode on was, was Cam Talbot. Yeah. Cam Talbot came in, he helped the Rangers win the president's trophy when Hank got hurt. Yeah. Cam Talbot. Same with Auntie Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we all remember when Hank, uh, I forget it was a groin or what happened, but he was out and Ronta took over the net. And when right. he came back, everyone was like, well, we know Henrik Lundqvist is Henrik Lundqvist, but 
you know, Auntie Ranta's won how many games now is save percentage. He played out of his mind. So, yeah, you yeah. know, maybe since I, I think we didn't we have uh, we had uh, Andre Pavlik one like one season, right? Am I making that up? Is this a is this like a fever dream? <laughs> I, I, so I maybe, think you might be right on that. I, I have to. So maybe that, that was the season. Yeah, right. maybe that was the season where it was like, okay, he'll play. You know, I think Lundqvist <laughs> probably ended up. If you look at his starts, it's like. It's like, oh God, I didn't realize Henrik Lundqvist played, uh, you know, sixty-eight games that year, and and Pavlik played twelve or whatever. You know what I mean? So right, right. But, but obviously, the hope with Jonathan Quick, he gets to—he's a New York kid. He gets to finally put the put the uh, the blue, white, and red on. Uh, working with Benoit Lair, maybe he can get a little bit more juice out of the, you know, mm-hmm. out of that body of his, you know. So and yeah, it's he'll definitely be revitalize you know the team he was just on won a cup but he probably like you said despite starting strong it, it you know i don't think if you ask him i'm sure he was happy to do it but i think he's probably more juiced for this opportunity to really show something and i mean uh yaroslav halak last season it was a shame they they couldn't retain him past this year but he was he had a rough go in the beginning but it wasn't for the rangers but that wasn't his fault he played out of his mind the rangers couldn't give they were in their biggest funk of the year and they just couldn't give him Thank any goal you. support Thank you. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I guess uh, the hope for that is for him is that uh, he can rekindle a little bit of magic here, but the, at least he's in a, a good environment to do so. This episode will continue after a word from our sponsors. The following podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up using our promo code THPN. And by doing this, you can bet $5 and get up to $150 in bonus bets instantly. Now listen, I know hockey season is over, big sad news, but we are officially one month away from preseason. And I gotta tell you, I've already seen some pretty good stuff that you can bet on for this upcoming season. You can bet on who will score the most goals, who will win the MVP. Heck, you can even bet on who will win the Stanley Cup. You can do it all with DraftKings, but make sure you do it by signing up using our promo code THPN. And again, by doing this, you can place a $5 bet and get up to $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50 on a 10-plus leg parlay required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org in Massachusetts. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut and please play responsibly. Ah, summer. It's a great time of year, isn't it? Vacations, beaches, amusement parks, vacations. Oh, did I say that already? I'm sorry, I'm just in a vacation state of mind. But hey, you may not be the vacation type, and you know what? 
that's okay. Because even if you're not going on vacation, summer is still all about a vacation state of mind. How? By creating your own summer soundtrack. Now, hear me out on this. Whether I want to listen to Breaking Benjamin on repeat, or I just need to retreat inside my own head a little bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. I know you may be lost here, but hear me out. There's so much going on all summer long, and sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people, or to stay calm with some guided meditation, whatever it may be. Heck, even if you're working out, Raycons are the best way to listen. Again, I love listening to Breaking Benjamin. They always get me pumped up for a good workout, or if I'm seeing them in concert, I pop in my Raycons in the passenger seat, mind you, and I listen to Breaking Benjamin. Raycons are the best way to listen to them and do everything else that you want and a whole lot more. Raycon uses earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. And they have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, for a really long time. They also come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit, and they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good, if not better. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee. So really, you can't lose. Create your own summer soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, our listeners at the Hockey Podcast Network can get 15% off their order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% off on Raycons. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN. Raycon, power up your every day. So based on that signing and all the others, you know, I, I asked this before, but um, what's, uh, what grade do you give the, uh, the Rangers for this offseason? I'll give them a, a B minus. It would have been okay. a B, but because they were the ones that put themselves in this predicament, I'm going to give them a B minus. I will yeah, say no, that's the, fair. The, fa- that's fair. the fact they got any value at all, it clearly wasn't an A plus. You know, <laughs> no, it, no, I mean, no. Although who knows, maybe if we if we're recording a podcast next summer and it goes really well for the Rangers, we'll, hindsight right. 2020 will be like, I can't believe. Uh, and I will say this: I, the one strength I think Chris Drury has really demonstrated since coming in has been diagnosing what the Rangers' perceived issues or lacks or needs were, and then addressing it in some fashion. Sometimes he didn't address it enough. Sometimes he, you know, it didn't work. But it was always. At least you could say, coming off of the mass firings of Jeff Gordon and John Davidson and David Quinn and the Rangers not being tough enough, he addressed it. He got Ryan Reeves. He brings in, you know, take no shit, Gerard Coach, uh, pardon my French, Gerard Gallant. You're, uh, you're allowed to here. It's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I, you know, I, I usually get charged for them on my own podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all good. You know, he brings it brings in Gerard Glant, brings in Ryan Reeves, br- brings in Barkley Gaudreau, brings in some grittier customers. And it seems to be just what the doctor ordered. They obviously they make the EC uh, the ECF, they lose to the uh to Tampa, who loses in the Sand Cup final. Yep. Next season, he kind of looks back and says, Well, that was a really positive stepping stone for us. He's like, What 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 you know, what was this team really lacked? Is like, well, our bottom as great as it was to have, you know, uh, 
Ryan Reeves and Barkley Goodrow and uh, who uh, Jesus who else uh, Kevin Rooney in our our you know on oh our fourth God, line of Bob Sexton you look they they didn't do much of anything no goal support in the playoffs that was off the strength of the kid line and the and the you know obviously some of the big guns right uh, and then obviously the, their defenseman really stepped up for the year they went to the UCF but mm-hmm. he's like all right we got to get something going here so obviously they get Jimmy VC they they do some more mixing and matching to find some more, you know, they obviously by then they had a healthy Sammy Blay. They had Julian Gauthier. So, you know, I just think, and some of the acquisitions, especially going on the trade deadline, they get Nico Mikola because they know they need, they, they, under what I said early on, the Rangers not have a third pairing defenseman. They're like, Zach Jones is just not, it's not here yet. So this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going. We're going to size, get a little bit of a emotional support blanket for uh, still developing Braden Schneider. Uh, right. They get Vladimir Tarasenko. They were probably looking at Kane and Tarasenko, and they say, you know what, Kane's too much of a, you know, they're like, we can only get one here. So they get Tarasenko. They make the right choice. Tarasenko looks good, but Kane obviously doesn't like that it wasn't him, and he, he decides to show the world how, how much he really does have left in the tank and tells, basically intimates to the Rangers some way or another, I only want to go to you. So we can probably make something happen. And the Rangers are like, oh, okay, I guess we'll take Patrick Kane, I guess. Yeah, but let's face it, though. The Rangers got Patrick Kane for a bag of chips and a remote control. I mean, look, Sammy Blay, he he didn't work here. Well, let's call it what it is. Sammy Blay did not work here. He he was fine defensively, but he didn't score at all with the Rangers. Now that he's back in St. Louis, oh, look, all of a sudden he found a scoring touch. So obviously yeah. he was like one of the best players for the, in the world championships. So right. Yeah, thing. exactly. So it's, like, it's obvious okay. that Sammy Blay didn't work in New York. Some players aren't meant to play no. here. I completely understand that. All the best to Sammy Blay. No disrespect, but you got Patrick Kane for him and a bag of chips, a new couch and everything else. And you basically got Vladimir Tarasenko for... I don't know, a 45-inch TV. A much better option than what you got Patrick Kane for. But, look, again, I'm not dissing Patrick Kane. He, he Patrick Patrick Kane, yeah. Well, he came and went, but I digress there. Because who knows if he's even coming back. Although, odds are, he might be, unfortunately. But anyway, I digress. We'll see what happens. But, Patrick Kane's a Stanley Cup champion, but he's hurt. He played hurt. He had to have hip surgery during the offseason. I don't trust his health. That's why I didn't want him to begin with. Granted, he did show flashes, but even still, Patrick Kane was not necessary. I loved the Tarasenko signing. It was really a damn shame that the Rangers did not retain him. Supposedly, from what I had heard, I mentioned it in a couple episodes ago, apparently he had an offer on the table, then he didn't have an offer on the table, then he changed agents, he had a deal with Carolina, then he didn't have a deal with Carolina. And now he's an Ottawa Senator, one year, $5 million, which is a hefty payday for him. Hey, good for him. All the best to him. But I kind of want your thoughts on something that I said about Vladdy. If he goes out there and has himself an all-star caliber season, that's going to look bad on Chris Drury. Because think about it. If Tarasenko goes out there and has a 40-goal season, right, and the Ottawa Senators make the playoffs, which I actually think they're going to, because look at that team. Kachuk, Tarasenko, Claude Giroux. I mean, you got a bunch of 
You got a bunch of young guys on that team as well who can score. They got great goaltending. I think Ottawa's a playoff team this year. But if Tarasenko goes out there and has an all-star caliber year, he's got 40, 45 goals, 30-something assists, that's going to that's gonna leave Chris Drury with a lot of egg on his face. So what do you think about this? On the one hand, it's like, yeah, you'll be like, why is this – why is – uh, you know, why is Tarasenko not wearing the blue, white, and red? I mean, obviously, the Rangers couldn't give him $5 million. The Rangers no, no. barely – that they unless they were saying, all right, uh, we're going to get rid of Lafreniere so we don't have to pay him. We're going to trade off Keandre Miller. Well, speaking stupidly. of Lafreniere, where's his contract to? I'm just curious because the Rangers still haven't done anything with him yet. Yeah, you know, I you have to – so on the one hand, it's like I think all parties must understand the situation. There's no, there's literally no money. You can look at the Rangers uh, hockey DB page to see what he can get, and that's it. So I think it's one of those things where it wears that there's really no urgency. It's not like he's like, oh God, they're going to give the you know his agents like they're not going to give that money to someone else if we don't jump on this. I don't think there's a lot of. You know, would I be surprised if the Rangers are also like, oh, we're not in a rush. You know, we know where we stand. And then secretly they're like, listen, we're not shopping him. But if you want to call me and and just say a bunch of names and maybe we can have a conversation, you know what I mean? Like sort of thing. So who knows what's what's going on? I mean, now we know for the Rangers are absolutely – stacked on that left side and they're weak on the other one and yep. unfortunately for Lafreniere you have to beat Chris Kreider who is still an excellent ranger at this point depending yes. on who you ask by the way De- on this right. point in time still an excellent ranger even relative to his contract yes you the how old he is obviously scares you but the guy is a genetic freak he's the best net front presence in the entire NHL uh, and you look at his on ice results, and he still drives possession and offensive chances, and is good defense, and apparently is good defensively. You know, yeah. and so, and then you have Artemi Panarin. Say what you will about his struggles in the postseason, but he has the fourth most points in the NHL in the last four or five seasons. You, you know, he's still a brilliant offensive player, one of the best, also one of the best passers in the NHL. Oh, so that's what Lafreniere is up against. So, I mean, unless he's, you know, th- there was obviously last year, oh, you know, we'll play him on the right side. They tried it a little bit. It was it had trouble getting him going. You know, who knows if it's one of those things that eventually it will click and it will be on the right side and it'll be fine. Or if he's just like, he, you know, I think I, I do think all the talk about people thinking he's demanded to stay on the left is overblown. I think obviously in an ideal world, right as his star ascends, Chris Kreider's declines, and then you can, you know, Chris Kreider spends his final years in Boston or somewhere else. But right now, Chris Kreider is still. I I don't want to think about that, man. I know it's 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 sorry for putting in your head, but as it stands today, Chris Kreider is still a very productive player, and Alexi Lafreniere is still looking for that production, although there is evidence to support that maybe with a little bit more power play time, he would, the production, at least his even strength goal scoring, when you account for the lack of any power play time is actually kind of impressive. So we'll see. That is true. That is true. I'll give you that. But anyway, back to the, back to the whole Vladimir Tarasenko situation. So yeah, like I said, I just think it was a bit much, for a one-year contract, if it was like two, three million dollars, then I would have said, okay, 
I have no issue with that. All the best to you. And I'm still wishing him all the best. But $5 million? They must see something in him that the Rangers didn't. You know, I think losing Debrinket was kind of a blow to them. So I think they're they're a team that's been trying to make the playoffs for how long now? Since the rebuilding, since since they had that run with the where they beat the Rangers, actually. Uh, yep. You know, I think since then they've been trying to rekindle that magic. They rebuilt their team, and it it's one of those things where it's like, all right, on paper, the Ottawa Senators, you know, Drake Batherson, Alex Formanton, you know, Brady Kachuk. Let's you know. Uh, Jesus, uh, I'm forgetting their uh, their number one defenseman, uh, Thomas Shabbat. You know, and yep. like, all right, let's go. And don't and forget it's like, Tim all right, as well. Stutzla yeah, Tim's, now Tim Stutzla. So they have all these good players, and it hasn't happened for them yet. So I think at, they're right. at the point where it's like we have to we have to light this powder keg eventually. Hence, Tara saying and losing to bring it the huge blow to that to getting them going. Right. So they're saying, you know what? It's one year. He wants money. Other teams were willing to give him term. He wanted money, and I think he wanted flexibility. So where it's like, you know what? We'll give him money and flexibility because we just lost a guy who was worth more than this, and at least he's not as good as Zabrinkit is now, but at the very least, he's like, you know what? This way our fans don't think we're backsliding. The boys in the locker room don't think we're backsliding. Right. We still can make some progress here, and he's a good player. So it was a no-brainer for uh, – as far as I'm concerned, it was a no-brainer for the out of defenders to do this. So I, I definitely get it. Uh, so, and I'm with you. I think this can, it's either them or Buffalo. One of them's finally going to make the playoffs this year. It'll be interesting. It'll be, yeah. we'll, see, we'll see which one it is. I mean, look, man, me personally, as much as we love to make fun of the Buffalo Sabres, the, I, I personally think that they are really good. They, they, they got such passionate fans. They're a great organization. I really do hope, that they do make the playoffs again. Just because I, I want to see the glory days of the Buffalo Sabres again. When they had uh, Chris Drury on the team. Like, I want to see those days. I want to see those Buffalo Sabres back. I really, really hope for Buffalo Sabres fans sake. And I know we got a bunch of Sabres podcasts on this network as well. I really, really want to see them make the playoffs again. But like you said, it's either them or Ottawa. So, <laughs> something's got to give for... Somebody, but look, you are right though. On paper, Ottawa is a playoff team. And me personally, like I said, I think they're going to make the playoffs. But let's see how it translates on the ice first now that they have Vladimir Tarasenko. But we will get into that conversation once we see how he does. But with all that being said, just to kind of wrap things up here. Based on all the information provided, based on all the offseason signings, where do you expect the New York Rangers to finish in the Metro Division this season? All right. Well, let's think about this logically. Uh, okay. I think Carolina and the New and the New Jersey Devils are going to be fighting it out for the top spot. Oh so, no! No question. No question. In so facto. Whichever one is not number one will be number two. Yep. The It gets tricky in the middle because the Rangers could definitely finish third again in that division. Absolutely. That's where I have them. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's trying to run it back a little bit. Mm. It might work. Let's say they can somehow overtake the New York Rangers 
for that third spot. It's it's possible. The Rangers could definitely get in in a wild card. I mean, listen, me, me personally, I think Pittsburgh, this is their last chance. If they don't do something here, then, you know, I, I, bold take here. I think Crosby's done if they don't do anything this year. Chris Letang should have retired two years ago after having two strokes. I, I appreciate what he's doing, but Letang, it's time to hang it up. Evgeny Malkin, I don't know what's going to happen with his future. Maybe he'll retire or go somewhere else, but Pittsburgh's got one more chance here. If they don't do something here, something's got to give with the front office. Yeah, absolutely. So it's maybe they they have a, a feel-good run, trying to run it back one more time, that Boston Bruins last dance style, you know, mm. but which ultimately was not, unfortunately, was not successful. And now you have Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci announcing retirements. So, yep. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, all, all, all the best to the both of them, by the way. Tremendous careers. Oh, my I God. Just, I, yeah, just hate, just, I just hate how it ended for Bergeron, though. As I hate the Bruins, but I hate how it ended for Bergeron because I, I enjoy watching Bergeron play. I thought he was a fantastic play. Definitely a certified Hall of Famer. Yeah, when he goes, when it gets down to it, there's he's potentially the best defensive forward of all time, which is a 100%, crazy thing to say. 100%, but no question. You know, six selkies. You know, just never. Yep. When is the last time he finished outside the, the selkie? Yeah, literally, like, you might as well just rename it the Patrice Bergeron yeah, Award because how many selkies yeah. he's won. Exactly. So, but getting back to the Metro, so yeah, I, I expect the Rangers to either be in that third slot or be in a wild card. Obviously, there's okay. potential for shit to go off the rails, and they don't. Yes. But you know, I mean, you know, the Flyers are rebuilding; they're out. Washington yeah. is really, you know, who knows what's going on with Evgeny Kuznetsov, and they have more questions yeah, than answers. I, I, I kept I kept hearing rumors that Kuzi's out the door. I don't know what's happening with Backstrom, other than Ovechkin. Who else they got? TJ Oshie's not getting any younger, so yeah, it, it, things times running up for the times running out for the Capitals. I don't know what's going on with them, but they got to figure yeah. their shit out too. Yeah, obviously Columbus is an interesting team. They, yeah, they some stuff going on. I mean, it obviously depends if they're. It's going to be on the strength, much like the Rangers. It's basically going to be on the strength of their young players. I mean, obviously, if you can. You get a superstar leap for Kent Johnson. Yes. Uh, they have a lot of other great, you know, prospects in their system. They have one of the better prospect pools in the, in the NHL. So, you know, if not next season, the season after, you could see them taking huge strides. But, you know, they're a, they're a maybe. They might make it a while. If they make the playoffs, it's in the wild card. It's going to okay. come down to the wire. But then, yeah, I mean, but then, like I said, you look at the, the Islanders – uh, honestly, it's anyone's guess. Who knows with the Islanders? Because I, it's one of those things where you're like, they missed the playoffs again, and I'd be like, yeah, that obviously. And then you're like, oh, they they kind of got back to that. They're sort of like, you know, well, listen, they. I, it's like saying it's the same thing with Igor. You have Igor Shosturkin, you always have a chance to make the playoffs. You have Ilya Sorokin, you always have a chance to make the playoffs. But right. obviously, the question is, do they have enough support and? Uh, I think my thing is if they if they miss the playoffs again, you probably have to explore getting rid of Matt Barzell because he's probably going to yeah. want to trade. Which, which is which is unfortunate because Matt Barzell is a good player. But look, you re-signed Sorokin to an eight-year contract. You got Bo Horvat for basically nothing to try and upgrade your offense. Look at how that turned out. He didn't do he didn't do jack squat. So look, the the problem with the Islanders is they don't score much. 
They play great defensively, but they don't score much. They got to find the scoring touch if they want to make the playoffs. That's just my opinion. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, they traded a pretty good offensive prospect in Atu Ratu to get Bo Horvat last yeah. year. Uh, you know, they had uh, Pierre Engvall has been good for them. So I definitely get that. I mean, but yeah, it's to your point. It's just wasn't, it's not enough. Anders Lee, Brock Nelson are not, they are not getting any older. They're waiting for Oliver Wallstrom to really put all the pieces together. Yep. You know, and they, they're going to, once again, for the, how many years in a row, they're going to run back the identity line with Martin, Sezikis and Clutterbuck. Right. So yep. it's just, it's at some point, much like we were talking about with the, the Penguins or the Capitals, it's like at some point, those wheel the wheels will fall off. So if you, and, and uh, from what I can understand, just looking at their Islanders uh, prospect system, they don't have – Lou doesn't have a lot of spare tires in his truck. No. You know what I mean? So, no. And Lou, so, Lou's not getting any younger either. No, exactly. So – you know, and listen, they have a they have a pretty underrated decor. I mean, Noah Dobson's a pretty much a an all offense, good offensively. Probably needs some work defensively, but is a good offensive defenseman. And you have right. one of the best defensive pairings in the entire league in Pelican Pollock. You know, obviously getting rid of uh, 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 Jesus Christ uh, to who they lost to uh, to Vegas. Getting rid of. Um, Oh, what's uh, his name? Uh, no, oh no, not Vegas. Uh, Devon Taze to 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 Colorado oh, was Taze, a Taze, huge yes, was yeah. a huge was a huge blunder for them. But yes. you know, I mean, listen, as if the Rangers haven't been guilty of a few of those. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's <laughs> no, obviously right. they're they're the Islanders to me are that one are one team that I they're the only team in that division where I'd be like, yes, I'm not surprised they made the playoffs or or say. No, I'm not surprised they finished second or third in the division just because right. how they're built. They're basically built that way. They're either going to be uncomfortably on good defensive play or it's just all going to go sideways no matter probably how probably one of the more sporadic teams in the Metro division. Let's just call it that way. Yeah, they're definitely one of those teams. They're the only – I will say they're – you have the Islanders, the Capitals, and Pittsburgh are those three teams that you're like – they're trying to make it happen. We don't know if it's going to happen. Right. Everyone else is either Absolutely. building up like Philly and, and Columbus uh, in the, or in their window now, like the Rangers, the now New Jersey Devils, and the Carolina Hurricanes. So, right. yeah, those three teams are in the middle. So the Rangers, to get back to your original question, it's I okay. think the Rangers should be third, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Islanders or – Hell, even somehow Columbus, maybe they get third and the Rangers have to make it in a wild card spot. Dang. Can you imagine if Columbus gets third in the division, their fans will be going absolutely ballistic. That I got would, a lot of love that for That, for, that, for, that enough would line. be a successful season for the Blue Jackets. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Considering all the turmoil they've been through, that's enough. But, no, listen, man, I, I get where you're coming from. It wouldn't surprise me if the Rangers are a wild card team either, but I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to finish third in the division. Then for me, it's um, I think I think Carolina is going to win the division again. The Devils are going to finish second, and then the Rangers are going to finish third. And we will probably get another Rangers Devils first round playoff series. And I will not be looking forward to that again. But 
Let's see how it plays out. I hope that's not the case again. Yeah. But if it is, I think we all know how that will play out. But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this content, make sure that you subscribe on all audio platforms. And be sure to rate us five stars like Anna did on Apple Podcasts. And thank you again, Anna. We truly appreciate the support. You can be like Anna and rate us five stars on all audio platforms. And we might shout you out in a future episode. And be sure you follow us on all social media as well, on Twitter and Instagram, at BlueSeats94. Use the hashtag BlueSeats to keep the conversation going on every single topic that Andy and I have discussed. And make sure you go subscribe to the Broadway Boys as well. Andy and James always deliver such amazing Rangers content. Andy, the pleasure was all mine to have you on. Thank you so, so much. And you are always welcome back anytime to talk Rangers. Hell, we'll have you back on during the season. How's that? Sounds great. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me on. We'll have to hopefully return the favor so we can have you on our podcast sometime. And yeah, this has been a lot of fun. So yeah, thanks again for having me on. Let's definitely make that happen at some point, man. And thank you again, Andy. You're the best. He is Andy of the Broadway Boys. Again, go subscribe to him and James. You can catch new episodes every single week on all audio platforms. These two definitely know their stuff when it comes to the Rangers. Again, be sure you subscribe to us as well and rate us five stars and follow us on all social media. Use the hashtag BlueSeats. And yes, again, I know Twitter is called X, but I do not give a damn. I'm still calling it Twitter. Until the next episode, for Andy, I'm Jimmy. This is from the Blue Seats, under your Rangers podcast. Go Blue Shirts, and I'll catch you next time. Peace!